Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. Our podcast explores art and culture at the center and fringe of art scenes around the world. Today's conversation takes place at the intersection of art and the First Amendment. This vital element of the United States Constitution protects our right to freedom of expression by prohibiting lawmakers from restricting the press or the rights of individuals to speak freely. Free speech became a cause célèbre for artist Cheryl Oring in 2004. Returning to the U.S. after six years in Berlin, she was disturbed by the negative dynamic of President George W. Bush's run for re-election. That year's countrywide discord compelled her creation of I Wish to Say, a public performance project in Atlanta, where I was then director and curator of the art gallery at Georgia State University. I witnessed and participated in the performance myself as one of Cheryl Oring's assistants. The artist set the tone dressed in 1960s secretary attire with big hair, red lipstick, and matching fingernails. A downtown park and a sidewalk outside the gallery became performance sites. A wall-sized American flag was the backdrop for each open-air enactment. Seated at a table, her hands poised over a manual typewriter, Oring invited passers-by to dictate their messages to the U.S. president. Each one was typed onto a postcard addressed to the White House. Thank you for your strong leadership. I voted for Reagan twice. I voted for your father. You and your administration deeply trouble, anger, and outrage me. Here are our terms for your surrender. All my best wishes, etc., etc. Cheryl Oring introduced I Wish to Say on our Jolt Radio program in 2016, the year that Donald Trump vied with Hillary Clinton for the office of U.S. President. My grandmother is actually one of the inspirations for this whole project. She was actually a secretary at the political science department at the University of Maryland for many years. Whenever I got to visit her, I was allowed to go into her closet and get dressed up and play with all her clothes and jewelry. So that was definitely one of the beginnings of this project. And I see the secretary as a very powerful character. The other thing that's sort of interesting, people have asked me before if I've ever sent one of my own letters to the president. And the only time I did was way back in 2004. And I wrote to a mythical female candidate talking about how when I was growing up, Geraldine Ferraro was on the ticket as vice presidential candidate. You know, I was hoping that one day we'd see a woman in the White House. So things have changed a little bit. How many mm-hmm. postcards have been sent to the White House since that first one? By the end of this year, it will be around 3,000. Oring read from 2016 election season postcards to the president. I'm going to read an excerpt from one that almost brought me to tears as I was typing it. It was so 
powerful. It was from a student in New Jersey. And he said, not everybody can afford higher education. There are thousands of people out there who could change the outcome of this world by just receiving one chance. And that was from Jordan Clark in New Jersey. I, I want to read one other short one. I was oh, just please. at my daughter's school, which was an elementary school here in North Carolina. And one of the kids said, dear next president, I wish that the presidents didn't fight each other. And I wish we'd have some peace and nice words. That's from a seven-year-old. And I think that we're going to have quite a period of recovery afterwards. No matter who's elected, the, the type of election campaign season that this has been has been very disturbing and I think will cause some deep wounds to the country. Corey Zinko, a participant in I Wish to Say, is among essayists in Cheryl Oring's 2016 book, Activating Democracy. It's been a labor of love and kind of, in a way, a 12-year uh, process. The book came out last week, and I'm quite excited by the different writers who, who contributed to the book and the ideas that they're bringing to the conversation about how we can basically activate democracy through art. Corey's an art historian, and she also served as one of my typists in one of the larger versions of the event. The project has sort of grown, so now often it's not just me typing. The year Corey joined the typing crew, we were in Charlotte, North Carolina, for the Democratic National Convention mm -hmm. back in 2012, and we had five typists. Now, this spring I went out with... Um, there must have been about 60 typists, including a busload of students from North Carolina who went to New York to type at Bryant Park during the Penn World Voices Festival. I was typing for two days up in Washington, D.C. at the Creative Time Summit. You know, often I'll set up and type for two hours, which might not sound that long, but when you're sitting there taking dictation and listening to everything people have to say, you take in a lot of emotion. And before that, I was in New York, and before that, I was in New Jersey at Monmouth University. I've been up at Appalachian State in Boone, North Carolina. I've been out in Boulder, Colorado at the University of Colorado. Wow. And where are you taking the performance next I'm going to be at the Weatherspoon Art Museum in Greensboro, North Carolina, and at SICA in Winston-Salem and over at Cam Rally. So a bunch of um, different organizations and places around the state of North Carolina are coming up. In 2019, we meet Cheryl Oring in Detroit, now chair of the Art and Art History Department at Wayne State University. She reminisces about the project's early days. It started in the Bay Area in um, Oakland and San Francisco in conjunction with an organization called the First Amendment Project. It was tied to issues of free speech and First Amendment rights and connected to my background as a journalist. At the beginning, it was supposed to be just these two performances, but people were lining up and waiting to send their messages to the president. And I ended up deciding I would keep typing that whole election year. And went all over the country on a total shoestring. I had no funding. I took buses or hitched a ride and went all kinds of places with my typewriter. That was the start of a project that continues to this day. The artist recalls a performance that she staged in Berlin on the 25th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. In 2014, for the 25th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall, I did a similar project in Berlin called Maueramt. And I asked people to share stories about the wall, I typed up about 300 different stories, really intensely personal things. You know, for instance, the, the man from East Berlin who left when he was a teenager and never saw his family again. 
the people who use the wall as a place to play soccer and just like kick the ball up against the walls. In 2018, a fellow Creative Capital Grant recipient, New York-based composer Lisa Bialava, got involved, adding a rich new sound element for the 30th anniversary celebration. Lisa does these really interesting public performances where she gathers text in different ways and she works with archives to to gather text. Then last spring, Lisa came to the University of North Carolina, Greensboro, where I was teaching at the time. And she was a visiting composer. I showed her the I Wish to Say archive and she went crazy. She's like, I have to do something with this. We started talking about Berlin because she had a connection to Berlin as well. And I had already been trying to think of a project to go back to Berlin for the 30th anniversary of the Fall of the Wall, which was 2019. She immediately jumped in and she was like, I would love to do a piece of music that draws on that text and we can perform it outdoors. We had four different performances with singers singing these really poignant stories and memories about the wall. We have a a new working framework that I'm really excited about, and I, I hope that we might do something here in Detroit as well with some of the students. In 2020, during the global coronavirus pandemic, Oring enlisted students from the University of Michigan and Wayne State University to participate in a virtual version of I Wish to Say. She worked with the Stamps Gallery and the Democracy and Debate Theme Semester at the University of Michigan Ann Arbor to present a month-long series of Zoom performances. A team of students typed messages to the next president while taking dictation from students and university communities across the state. Hi, so dear future president, I would like to share that I am... A youth of this country who feels this country that we as a collective are not living up to our promises or potential. To our promises or Lisa Bialava too creatively transcended the pandemic in a related performance project. For the University of Michigan's themed semester, she composed and produced Voters Broadcast with text excerpted from the I Wish to Say archive. Please focus on So what do you hope and what do you see people taking away from these this new iteration of your project? Music has this emotional quality and it gets at the emotion that people are sharing with me in their messages in a really beautiful way. And there's issues of scale as well, because when I'm typing, it's, it's me and the person, it's very personal. And then with this new way of working, you take that personal message and share it with a broader audience. So, And then also just the literal idea of giving voice to someone's words through song. I don't know, it seems perfect.
is the Fresh Art International Podcast. I'm Kathy Bird. In Conversations Across Time with Cheryl Oring, we trace her synthesis of art and free speech in a public performance project that quite naturally has no end in sight. As long as there is democracy in the United States, there will be opportunities to voice our opinions about the U.S. presidency, social justice, the economy, public health, globalization, climate change, education, and more. What would you wish to say to the U.S. president? Let us know on Instagram at FreshArtINTL. Hashtag, I wish to say. If you like what you're hearing, please take a few minutes to rate and subscribe to our podcast anywhere you go to listen. The John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, Emily Haltermain Foundation, Locust Projects, and the Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts, and listeners like you, make Fresh Art International possible. Visit our site to learn more and explore the podcast archive we've been building since 2011. While you're there, sign up for our latest news and give a donation to support these stories. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk.